Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I'm Bobby Sylvester, as always, with Mike Tagliere. And you can follow us on Twitter at Mike Tagliere NFL and at Bobby Fantasy Pro. We've got a draft primer podcast for you all today, and I hope you're going to have as much fun listening as I had put into my notes together. Every year, I'll tell you what, I say March Madness is my favorite week of sports. Then the NFL draft comes up and I always change my mind. Tags, I can't wait, man. Oh, this is it's quickly become my favorite day of the year when it comes to football activities. And I know a lot of people talk about the Super Bowl. They talk about draft day for your fantasy league. But I think the reason this has become my favorite day is because, you know, the last few months for me have been busier than I've ever been this time of the year. And I know it's it's weird because like I have family members saying, you know, Mike, this should be your slow time of the year. Right. And it, and it hasn't been. I, I've been pr- like everything that I've been doing has been working up to this moment to find out who's going to go where. If my predictions are correct, if they're wrong, I'm sure they're going to be because trade are apparently going to be fast and furious uh, through this, but <laughs> I- I'm pretty sure that I'm going to try and go golfing uh, on-, on Thursday because that's going to be like the longest wait, right? Where I'm going to, I think I'm going to go golfing. I'm going to try and take a nap, and then I know we're going to be up because we're going to do a reaction show uh, to after the first round. Like we're going to record that immediately after, so you guys have it for your ride into work on Friday. I'm really excited. You know, when our uh, producer asked if we could do that episode, I was like, yeah, like, why would we not do that episode? I know it's going to be really late, but um, I've got to talk about it like as soon as it's done. Yeah, no, for sure. I might be having like a a beverage, an adult beverage uh, during that time while we're discussing it, but it'll be a good time. That's cool. I'll probably have like a huge bowl of ice cream That's (laughs) every night. So I had this dream tags that Teddy Bridgewater worked for Fantasy Pros. Like we signed him as a developer. I have no idea where this dream came from, but he was sitting out of our sports day. Like, I don't know if he was scared to play our central team or, (laughs) you know, if the content manager Andrew beat him out for the East starting quarterback job, but that wasn't okay. Oh, well, he might be out of a job pretty soon because it seems yeah. like the Jets are, are dead set on selecting a quarterback <laughs> here. And I just don't know if uh, I mean, looking closer at his contract, it looks like they can get out of it pretty easily. So um, yeah. he may, who knows? Maybe he'll maybe he will work with us, you know, one of these days. <laughs> so te- hold on. Before we get into this, like what pieces have you released lately? Where can they find them? Uh, I know you had that big thread that you put on Twitter. Can you pin that to your Twitter? And uh, what do you have coming this week? Yeah, so I've been doing a daily scouting profile every single day. I, I think I did over 40 of them where it's like a thousand words on these prospects, like each and every one where I go into depth uh, about the type of player they are, what you can expect from them in, in the pro level and, and a team that you might you know see draft them on draft day. So I've gone through all that. I've done mock drafts. I released my final mock draft actually earlier today. And um, it's three rounds. It includes some trades in there. There's some surprises that I'm sure we're going to talk about on the podcast today. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you go to Twitter, check them out at uh, Mike Taglier NFL. You're able to uh, my pin tweet right now is the mock draft because that one went up today. But there is the thread of every single scouting profile there as well. So, yeah, check them out. And tomorrow I will release my final big board, which is basically going to be my rankings at every single position. Um, I think there's over like 300 players ranked. I loved your mock draft, man. You've been just killing it. Like I I said this earlier, you set out to be one of the foremost experts in the industry in the NFL draft and you have nailed it, man. You're there. (laughs) I appreciate that, man. It's like, you know, there's, there's people that like what they do. There's people that love what they do. And there's people that like legitimately live for it. And I I live for what I do and I, I put a lot of time into it. So to hear that definitely means a lot, man. Yeah, that's cool. I've, I've read all your pieces. They're all awesome. Go check them out on his Twitter at Mike Taglier NFL. I'm also going to be releasing my mock draft tomorrow with uh, plenty of trades. I'll also be tweeting out my big board Wednesday, then live tweeting the draft with each team's needs, who I imagine they're considering like top two or three, four options. And then after each pick, I'll give out draft grades. Tags, I assume you're going to be writing a ton Thursday night. 
Yeah, on Thursday night, we're going to record that podcast. That's what I'm saying. I'm going to golf and I'm going to try and take a nap. I never take naps. Like, fun fact about Mike Taglier, and I, I hate talking in the third person, but the fun fact about me <laughs> is that I legitimately, I might take like two naps per year. And I have the ability with my job now, if I want to try and squeeze in a nap, I could do that. I'm just not a nap guy. But knowing that that night, we're going to be doing the podcast immediately after the first round ends. And then I'm going to start writing uh, a mock draft for, uh, for day two. So the second and third rounds. I'm going to try and get that up as fast as possible uh, on Friday morning for you guys to check over and see basically who your team could be looking at with the players that are left on the board. Awesome, man. Can't wait for it all. And Tags, we've got a really cool giveaway going on right now for our listeners, thanks to Pristine Auction. If you all subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, leave us a rating, take a screenshot, then send it to us at contest at fantasypros.com. You'll be entered for a chance to win a signed Alvin Kamara jersey. And tags, I always keep my eye out on Pristine for those awesome deals. There's, mm-hmm. there's several every single day. And I saw a Barry Sanders signed jersey that would look sweet in my office. <laughs> Best running back of all time, man. I was very tempted the other day. I was looking through there and there was a Mitch Trubisky signed football. But as you know, I've been trying to collect helmets and I've gotten a few of them for Pristine Auction. Uh, and what I'm looking at now is I'm trying to figure out whether or not I should get a Brett Favre signed Packers helmet or if I should go Aaron Rodgers because... Brett Favre seemed like it was the consensus pick, but then I'm like, wait a minute. Why wouldn't I get the greatest of all time quarterback? Like, why wouldn't I go with Aaron Rodgers? So uh, I'm leaning Rodgers here because this is the best. This is actually the best time of the year to buy helmets. If you guys don't know uh, when they're in season, because what happens is you bid on these items. and It's absolutely free. You don't pay for it unless you get the unless you win the auction. So you go there, you register for free and all that stuff. You could bid on whatever you want. Things get cheaper in the off season, so we're yeah. at the, we're we're now in the off season where there is not as many people bidding. So it's always good to go check it out. And Pristine has hundreds of auctions ending daily. Uh, they've got something perfect for everyone listening. So make sure to take a look at what they have for you. Everything's guaranteed authentic. Comes with authentication from the most trusted sources. And I'll bet you you'll be surprised how affordable a lot of these auctions are. Uh, by the way, like Tag said, you don't have to pay. It's quick and free to register. That's pristineauction.com. P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E. And please, when you order, make sure to tell them Fantasy Pro sent you. That way, they'll continue to do these free giveaways for all our listeners. All right, Tags, uh, let's jump into it, man. Right at the top, the Browns have pick number one. Uh, if they stay at four, though, do they take Barkley if he's on the board? That's the question, right? Is like the, I feel like there's a few swing picks, but Barkley we know is going to go in the top ten. So that's that's not doing a whole lot, but my, a lot of people have been asking me, how do the how do the Browns let Saquon Barkley fall past four? And the reason is because they went out and they they they, they signed Carlos Hyde at the beginning of free agency. They didn't wait very long. <laughs> they signed him at the beginning of the free agency, and they made him the ninth highest paid running back in football. Why do you do that if you were if you like you had a chance at Saquon Barkley? They had to know that they were going to have a chance at number one or number four if they really wanted him. I just I don't get it. I, I mean I I can't. I can't see them doing it. Duke Johnson and Carlos Hyde would essentially go to waste. And so unless we hear of a draft day trade with Duke Johnson, I don't see it happening. So it it really comes down to the Giants, Bobby. So we've heard rumors about the, in the Giants building with the pick number two, they're searching for a Hall of Fame player. That's what they want at number two. So do you think they're serious about taking Saquon Barkley at number two? Serious? Um, I think there's a possibility. If I was to say that they were serious, that would mean like I expect them to do it. I do not expect them to make such a foolish decision. And look, I know there's a lot of haters out there. Tags, whenever you post stuff on Reddit, <laughs> on the uh, on the fantasy football forum about Barkley not deserving to go in, you know, in the first two picks, people light you up. Yeah. They are so mean about it because you have a difference of opinion. And really, it's, you know, backed up by a lot of statistics and everything that if if you had time, you would tell them all about it. 
but they're just really mean about it. Here's what it comes down to, guys. Running backs, Barkley's, he's maybe the best running back to come out in the last decade. I, I really believe that, not hyperbole. I think he could be a Hall of Fame player, depending on if he goes in the right situation, but that's what it comes down to. Running backs are all about situation. It's a horrible situation for mm-hmm. Barkley, and he doesn't have that much value above replacement compared to, um, you know, a, a Duke Johnson or a... Uh, um, or Frank Gore, Frank Gore, uh, Carlos Hyde. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing is like, so people, that's where, this is where the disconnect is, right? And that you have to separate fantasy from reality. I, I, in my big board, you'll see that Saquon Barkley is the number one player. So I'm not disagreeing with you in the fact that Saquon Barkley is the number one player. I'm not saying that he's not worthy of being the top running back. What I'm arguing is that the Giants do not need Saquon Barkley. Like I, I if you yeah. could, if you could, put a great offensive line in front of him and then take him. Okay, that's fine. But they don't have an elite offensive line. Yes, I know they went out in free agency and they added a left tackle. I, I get it, guys, but I'm telling you, the interior of that offensive line is not good at all. They lost Justin Pugh this offseason. It's just not, a, it, it. they need to rebuild the front. And if you go back to, I want to talk about this for a second because I want to talk about the quarterback idea and the fact that the people think that the Giants are either going Saquon Barkley or they're taking a quarterback. I, I think have they're them, going Chubb, man. I have Chubb. That's exactly who I have them going with. And the reason I say that is if, Bobby, if you were to go back to last year and look at the Vikings roster, and let's pretend that the Vikings had the number two overall pick in the draft, would you have said that the Vikings needed a quarterback? Probably because Sam Bradford, do you think he was the long-term answer? Not really. You're always worried about his health. Case Keenum was struggling in LA. He was just a depth guy. You would have said the Vikings needed a quarterback. To bring into the franchise. What they did is they they stuck with what they had. They, they well, Case Keenum came there in last offseason, but they made it work. Not only was Sam Bradford really good when he was healthy, but Case Keenum made a lot of money this offseason. Why? Because Pat Shermer, his offensive scheme, I believe that they think they can make it work with Eli Manning. And that's I, that's why I don't, I don't have them taking a quarterback. I think they're real about that. Barkley is a possibility. I just think it would be an awful, awful pick on the Giants part. I think it would be an awful pick as well. And, you know, I, I get them taking a quarterback because Eli is going to retire at some point. And a lot of people think he's done, but I agree. I don't think he's done. I think last year he threw to Evan Ingram and a bunch of bumps. And I'm sorry to those guys. I mean, obviously they worked hard to get to uh, to the NFL and everything, but they're not uh, Odell Beckham. Right. Right. It's not even close. Eli's going to have some great weapons to throw to. And I know the Giants were horrible last year. I think they can be playoff contenders with Eli Manning this year. I think so, too. Well, the defense, they'd have to turn that around. The defense really went to shreds last year, and I don't know what happened. Yeah, they weren't trying because their (laughs) offensive line was such a disaster, and they had nothing on offense. It was ugly. They've they've got weapons still on defense. They do, and that's the thing. I don't want to say that they're a playoff team because I don't think that they are, but I I do think that they could be a better offense than people think. Uh, The the question here, and what it all comes back to, and the reason why I think the Giants— screwed up last year is because they didn't play Davis Webb. They never found out if he could play at all. Like you wanted to yeah. at least see him in some game action to say, can he be a competent quarterback? Like even just get us through a year or two, just of competent quarterback play until we draft another one. Or like, do we have something here? They drafted him for a reason that they felt like he was going to be better than, than most other people do. Because a lot of people have said Davis Webb's not the answer when people have never even seen Davis Webb throw the football in the NFL. I think they missed out on an opportunity last year to play him and see what they had. So whether it's Eli Manning or Davis Webb, I, I think they need to find out what they have in Davis Webb this year. But the real issue here, Bobby, is that looking forward, I don't cover college football until the offseason, right? I've looked forward a little bit, and the 2019 quarterback class does not appear to be very good. And that's where people can hang their hat and say, 
The Giants may be bad again in 2018, but that doesn't mean they're going to find their quarterback in 2019. So they may take a quarterback here and surprise us all. I think it's a fine draft class. I'm not, I mean, it's worse than this draft class. I I can say that pretty certainly. Like, I'm sure a few of these guys are going to bust, but to have five options that you could take in the top 15, Mm -hmm. that's that's pretty special. Um, But next year, I mean, I think Shea Patterson is a lock. I, I think that he might be a better prospect than all these guys besides Baker Mayfield. Yeah, and that's the thing is like they're saying that there's one, maybe two quarterbacks. And the thing is, things will change all the time, right? Like there, there's quarterbacks that that Cardale yeah. Jones was once considered like a, a lock <laughs> to be a high first round pick. And then obviously he, we all know how that ended. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying is just like early consensus here is that this is the quarterback class and next year is going to be weaker. And I think we expect the Giants to be better than having the second overall pick. Let me ask you this, Tags. Is there any chance that Barkley goes number one, and if so, the Broncos don't take a quarterback at four. Is there any way they would do that? No, there's not, and that's the thing. So th- there's news that uh, came well, out. Well, what if they traded down? What if they traded down to 12 and picked up Lamar Jackson? Ugh, no, don't do that. I, I, I mean, I, I think it would be a disaster. I'm just saying, like, the Browns are a disaster. Well, no. That's the kind of thing they do. So John Dorsey, someone close to the situation, said that he he has he has it narrowed down, if not already decided, but that he will not tell the staff who he is picking until the day of the draft. He doesn't want it leaking, so he's made he, he's making the pick at number one. Now, will they trade out at number four? I think so because yeah, I, me too. I because news came out that the Bills are not going to be able to work out a trade with the Giants, and we know that the Bills want to get in the top five. So they're either going to pay the Browns or they're going to uh, they're going to pay the Broncos. And I, I I just don't know. This can go so many ways, and this draft is like so hit or miss with a lot of things. But I think the Browns would be smart to trade back from four. And I know some people think that's stupid because it's the Sashi way, and that's what they were doing before accumulating draft picks. But the needs that the Browns have right now, the biggest needs to me, defensive tackle and offensive tackles. They need to replace Joe Thomas and they need to replace on the defensive line, Shelton. They trade away Shelton to the Patriots. You so, can get V at 12. That's perfect. Yes. Make, and, make, yes. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is McGlinchey, some people are expecting him to fall to number 21, 22. So if they can get Via at 12 and then they can get McGlinchey at 21 or 22, that's a win. Like seriously, you do that every single day of the week. I think I like Colton Miller as much as McGlinchey. He's going to be there at 22. You can get both those guys, Via and McGl- and uh, and uh, Colton Miller. I do. I don't think Colton Miller is on the level of McGlinchey. I think McGlinchey, for whatever reason, like his name hasn't come up during a lot during this draft process. And towards the end of the show, we're actually going to do a bold predictions thing. And I think that some people are overlooking Mike McGlinchey because like how important of a position that tackle is in the NFL. And Colton Miller, I do think that he's going to go in the first round, uh, depending on if the Patriots make a trade, because I think it's it's very possible that the Patriots trade to move up into the top 10 if one of the top... And if they do, they're not getting Miller. But if they sit back, he's their guy. Correct. Yeah, he's like a perfect replacement there at left tackle. Nate, Nate Solder, those guys look almost identical. He's huge, man. Colton Miller is a monster. He's like 6'9". Yeah, yeah, he is. Um, so yeah, the Browns at four. I think they will trade back. I think the Broncos will also trade back. I think... Four quarterbacks are going in the top five, and I think that I think the Bills are going to try to get into four, but I actually think that maybe the Arizona Cardinals, maybe one of these other teams will jump higher. I think the Jets are probably taking Baker Mayfield, but if Mayfield drops to number four, I'm banking on the Cardinals giving up the moon to get him. Yeah, the Cardinals apparently are, and not, not just, they don't just like Baker Mayfield, they love him. Um, and so the Cardinals... 
the, the issue is that they paid Sam Bradford a lot of money, but I think that they'll look past that if they say we're going to rebuild the franchise and we're doing it behind Baker. They have a few defensive pieces in place. Um, so I, I understand why they would do that. And I could see like if Baker Mayfield fell to number five, I think they should absolutely consider trading up like that's that's a player that you would consider trading up for. Uh, but I don't think that the Jets go with Josh Rosen. I don't think Rosen would be very good in, in New York. Like I, I try and think about these things and I think that they have to as an NFL team. How would Josh Rosen handle the New York media? He's like a no nonsense. Like he it's and then that's the thing. Some people think it's not a bad thing. And that's the thing. It, it just depends on what, how you take things. Right. But he's he's known to be the smartest guy in the room. He'll let you know that New York media will eat that up and they will play with his emotions when when he kind of does that stuff. So I, I don't think that Josh Rosen's built for the media in New York. And it's not to say that it would be a horrible pick from a franchise standpoint based on talent. I just don't think that Josh Rosen works in New York. I don't think that he should be on a New York team. Like I think I don't Baker think Mayfield's he's the most emotional that. guy. I don't think the media would get to him. I think he would troll the media. I think he'd have fun with it, and the coach would be mad at him. Like a Rodgers thing. Yeah, kind of like kind of like a Rodgers thing, a little bit more extreme because he's a kid. Yeah. Like if Rodgers would have had a chance as a kid, I'm sure he would have done it. But it was all Brett Favre all day, and uh, Rosen might not have that that opportunity to uh, to be hidden from that. But, yeah. um, you know, I'd like to see Rosen end up with the Dolphins. Do you think the Dolphins are an option to trade up to four or five? I don't think the Dolphins are trading up. And the reason I say that is I don't think they yeah. have the ammo. I don't think they have the depth on their roster to to handle losing a bunch of draft picks. I, I would say the same thing about the Jets. But, you know, obviously they gave up three second round picks to move up three spots. Yeah. So, you know, they gave up a lot of depth to do that. So it's not to say that it can't happen. But they apparently seem OK with giving Ryan Tannehill another shot, whereas the Jets they, they didn't have anything, you know, they needed a quarterback and that's why moving up to three, they're taking a quarterback. It's just a matter of who, but I think like the, the biggest swing in this draft, like we're talking about all these quarterbacks, right? But I think the biggest swing for me in this draft is the, is the bucks. And the reason I say that is like, if you go in through and look at these analysts and what they're, what they're predicting, I've seen some take Barkley at number seven. I've seen some take Marcus Davenport. I've seen some take Quentin Nelson and some take Derwin James. Like those are four players that can really swing the rest of the draft like that would legitimately change everything yeah me I don't think that there's any chance they pass on Nelson I think their offensive line has been ignored uh they had a lot of injuries last year and like it was just like one of the worst offensive lines in football and when you've invested so much like they have into the offense you have to protect your quarterback and they need to give Jameis Winston a, a realistic chance to survive and on top of that they need to get a run game going so I don't think that they pass on Quentin Nelson there, but some people seem to think that Barkley, if he falls, they have to take him. And some people think that Derwin James might go up that high. If Barkley and Nelson are both on the board, who do they go with? I'm going Nelson if it's Nelson. me. If it's me, I'm going Nelson. Nelson but, but but then how far does Barkley fall? The 49ers. the Bears aren't taking him at eight. You think the 49ers are taking him after signing Jared McKinnon? I do. I, I actually think that they're going to draft another running back. Uh, I have okay. I, actually in my mock, I, I had them... Uh, take Royce Freeman in the third round. I, I think that they're looking for something like the Saints are doing, kind of like actually what Shanahan did in Atlanta where he had Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman. I think Jarek McKinnon— Yeah, but why would they—if he can do that with Freeman and Coleman, why would he waste a ninth overall pick on a running back? Well, because it's Saquon Barkley. I don't think Lynch would do that, man. I know it's Barkley, but I don't think Lynch would do that. I think Barkley could fall out of the top ten. I don't see it happening. That's the reason I say that. That's the reason, like, it, it's hard to see both Nelson and Barkley being there on the board. So I think Nelson could fall. I, I The Colts, I mean, the Colts are another wild card, too. They have a lot of holes in their roster. Apparently, they're looking to trade back if if, people, yeah. if someone's okay with it. But I don't know if six is going to be up high enough for someone that wants to trade into the top five, obviously. So, 
But yeah, that that area of the draft is just so rough. Like it, there's so many picks. It's, it's the hardest to predict in years. It is yeah. so hard, but that makes it so fun too. Absolutely. It, it's that's why I said it's it's the best day of the year, man. So let let me ask you this, okay? Let's say the Bucks do take Nelson. Barkley falls to eight. Bears are sitting there. They don't need him. They've got Jordan Howard. They've got Cohen. Who tries to trade up and get Barkley? Because I could see that happening. But no one's going to trade up to like five to get Barkley. But if he's there at eight. I could see it happening. Well, if you don't think the 49ers would, the Bears I could see trading back because I think that they want an outside linebacker and I think it's too high to take an... Well, I mean, I like Roquan Smith there, uh, but if they felt like that was too high, I could see the Bears moving back. But the one team that if the if the Bears and the 49ers passed, I think the Raiders would definitely grab Barkley because you know they have um, Marshawn Lynch and Doug Martin on one-year deals. So those guys are basically retired after this year. Um, And they obviously don't believe in DeAndre Washington or Jalen Richard to handle that workload. So I think the Raiders, I don't think they'd pass on him at 10. I just don't think he falls there. Like the question mark is, would the Colts even pass on him at six if he falls to six? I, I, yeah, I I definitely think they're going to pass. I, that's what I'm saying. You and I are building have, our franchises they have way differently. Too many holes, but man. Saquon Barkley also sells tickets, right? Like that's the thing. Is like the, the the Giants may be thinking about that too. Be like you think about an offense with you know Odell Beckham Jr., Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard, and Evan Ingram. You look at all these options. It's like oh, they're going to sell tickets, right? So, Winning sells tickets, man. Winning sells tickets, and you're not going to win. I guess you can. It's happened. Uh, with, with Fournette and everything being drafted fourth overall, but you're more likely to win if you go out and you get Denzel Ward at six. Well, that's the worst point, right? Is like, you know, we've talked about this off the air and the fact that like when people throw out, you know, Leonard Fournette worked out, Ezekiel Elliott, they went to the playoffs that year. The the, the Jaguars, Yeah, you know who, who else would work? Richard Penny in the th- second or third round. Not just that. Just as well. Almost. Not just that, but hold on a second. So the Cowboys, they took Ezekiel. They could have taken uh, Jalen Ramsey. Like, yeah. are, are we really going to talk about that? But what I'm saying, that Ezekiel Elliott had a, a phenomenal offensive line to go run behind. The best in the NFL at the time. Then Leonard Fournette goes to a team that legitimately, all they really needed was a quarterback or a running back. They didn't feel like they had a quarterback. They wanted it for they took Fournette. That defense is built. They needed someone to run the ball and kill the clock. They said before the season, ideally, we run the ball every single play. So you obviously <laughs> need someone who's going to be able to carry a workload. And Leonard Fournette was the consensus number one on the board. So I, I understood that a little bit more. But there's no team at the top of the draft that you can make this argument for. I mean, you look at the offensive lines that are drafting at the top, the Browns, the Giants, the, the Broncos. The Broncos, they're the Barkley wild card, where I think that after cutting C.J. Anderson, they have a clear need there. I think they feel it's too high to take a guard in Nelson. I mean, is it too high to take a cornerback there? Not really. Denzel Ward can go there, but I think the Broncos are a team that I would actually project Saquon Barkley to go to, even though okay. I, don't, I wouldn't do it myself. That's where I've got him going to. But I just can't see him falling out of the top five, and that's where I'm at. I think that's why the Broncos are discussing the possibility of trading out. Because I think they feel like if he's there, they have to take him. Yeah. I mean, Elway played with Terrell Davis. He remembers. He remembers how big that can be. Oh, yeah. Um, Do you think there's any chance the Broncos take a quarterback, by the way? No. After looking at Case Keenum's contract, I mean, maybe they maybe that's the thing is like maybe they do. uh, But because, again, they're trying to trade out of this pick for a reason. I think it's because they feel like they're in a weird spot at number five where it's like, they're reaching on some players if they take them there, but they'd rather just trade back. Um, But looking at Case Keenum's contract, it's I mean, it's not fully, fully guaranteed like Kirk Cousins, but it's pretty it's a starters it's, contract. It's man. pretty close. It's pretty close to guaranteed for two years. So I don't know. I, it's 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 really tough. And that's the thing is like so, Bobby, 
we're gonna have a segment in here that I wanted to do with you, and I didn't tell you about any of it, but I'm gonna tell you a leak of it. So I'm, I wanted to bring up some prop bets because I, th- I always find them very entertaining, and it's something good to talk about. The prop bet for quarterbacks being selected in the first round, the over under on it is four and a half. So a lot of people have six quarterbacks going in the first round. So obviously Vegas tends to know more than we do, but and then you look down. So there's other prop bets too. Total quarterbacks selected in the top five. It's two and a half is the over under quarterbacks in the top 10 is three and a half. So when you look at that, it's like, what teams are we going to cross off potentially drafting a quarterback? I think the Broncos are one of them. Yeah, definitely. Man, those numbers seem really low to me. They do. That makes me nervous. Like I've been wrong about everything. Well, think about Deshaun Watson. Nobody expected him to fall as far as he did last year. Nobody thought the Texans were able to pull that off, but they did. Like the Chiefs traded up to get Mahomes, but those guys fell further than they were expected to. You know, I saw if Lattimore hadn't dropped to the Saints that they were going to take Mahomes. Wow. Yeah, there's there's been rumors that the Saints could potentially trade up to draft uh, like Baker Mayfield if he were to fall to take over for yeah. Drew Brees. And honestly, he would be the perfect fit in a Sean Payton offense. I just don't. Well, think he's that, not going to fall, yeah, but um, I, I don't have I don't have Baker Mayfield falling out of the top three. So. <laughs> OK, we're going to move on and talk about some of these other players. But first, commissioners, I've been there. I know prepping for your rookie drafts can be overly difficult. Flea Flicker understands your pain points and they build their site for commissioners by commissioners. Features like email drafts make coordination a breeze, and your league is really going to appreciate the option to trade year-round, including future draft picks. If you add in fast live scoring, an easy-to-use interface, powerful commissioner tools, dynasty features, and a new mobile app, you're going to be good to go. Flea Flicker has partnered with the top names in the industry, including Fantasy Pros, to provide reliable rankings, projections, and player news. And best of all, Flea Flicker is 100% free. Visit fleaflicker.com slash pros today. That's F-L-E-A flicker.com slash P-R-O-S. Tags, let's talk about the Raiders, man. I don't know what Gruden is going to do here. They've been changing the atmosphere. Whoa, what? where do they go? That's the, that's like where I'm so torn on this is that, you know, ever since Gruden got there, he's talked about turning the game back to 1998, uh, cutting some players that have been very... Good luck with that, Jeff Fisher. Well, that's what I'm saying is like, you know, and then he starts cutting <laughs> players that like were legit talent on his roster. Like Clive Walford, I don't think, I don't think that you should necessarily cross him off yet, but to cut him and then Marquette King, like... He's just trying to change the atmosphere there. And he's like, and if, if you don't buy into what he's selling, then you're out of there. So I feel like they can go in so many different directions here. He could say, he could say, I want someone safe like Minka Fitzpatrick. He's like, I don't really care if people think he can't be elite as long as he's a player and he's going to be a starter for a long time. I don't care. He, I could see him doing a loony thing and taking a tight end there. I could see him doing that. Just, no way. He's Are ta- you serious? Well, he's talking about running a whole bunch of t- two tight end sets. And when you look at the, the Raiders roster, are you really scared of, of Lee Smith and, uh, and Jared cook? No, you're not. So that's, <laughs> I actually think the Raiders do want to draft a tight end semi high. Yeah. I don't think they need to attend. And that's why in my final mock draft, I, I actually project, uh, projected the Patriots to trade up with the Raiders because I think some of the Perfect. things that they want to do is move back and the Patriots can move up to grab Josh Rosen if he's available because I don't think that they trade up that far just for anybody. But I think if Josh Rosen falls there to 10, I think that's where the Patriots jump the, the Dolphins and make sure they get him. You know what would be the funniest thing ever is if Josh Allen falls to 10 and that's who the Patriots want. The Patriots want Josh Allen. That would, my brain would explode. I think Bill Belichick's too smart for that. He's way too smart, but (laughs) if it happened, my brain would explode. It really would. (laughs) 
How is there such a difference? Like, uh, I guess not everyone in the world knows that Josh Allen is a bust. Like, he has so many defenders on Twitter. I don't know where these guys come from. I don't know if, like, somebody is paying these people to promote Josh Allen, but there's way too many of them. And if you're listening to the show and you promote Josh Allen, stop it. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how to defend him, honestly. Like, the only thing that you could, the only leg you have to stand on is that he's got amazing arm strength and that he can make every throw. Like, he can do that. Um, He's mobile. He's athletic. Um, My argument for Josh Allen would end there in that he's physically gifted. uh, He can throw in the snow. Yeah, he can throw the ball over the mountains. Just ask Uncle Rico. But... (laughs) But for real though, like he, you can't teach accuracy. Um, his his pocket awareness is not very good in terms of the, he 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 doesn't he doesn't see ghosts like Blaine Gabbert did when he came into the league. But he, he's just <laughs> he's just very late to recognizing pressure. Like he'll get hit because he just doesn't see somebody. He doesn't recognize a blitz package. So it, it's really tough to to say that Josh Allen should be a pick. I mean, with that being said, it seems like it's a lock that he's going to go in the top five. So it is what it is. Um, and you're going to be rooting for him to, you know, back up AJ McCarron because I think they, he goes to the bills, whoever they trade up with. I think that's who the bills are trying to get because apparently he's got big hands and, uh, and, uh, he could throw the ball in Buffalo weather. That drives me crazy, man. Yeah. I'm, if they draft Josh Allen because of that, I'm going to root against the bills so hard. It's, it's, uh, I just want them to be wrong. It's so weird. I mean, I'm. It's it's weird, Bobby. Though, like when when going through a team, like all the teams and the draft needs, and I hate to say this, Buffalo. I know you guys made the playoffs last year, but your roster has probably the most holes in the NFL. Oh man, have you seen the Jets and the Dolphins? They're bad. They're bad. The, Dolph- the Dolphins actually. That was Wait, it's amazing. All three of these teams are in the Patriots division. The Patriots are are going to win all six of those games by fifty points. <laughs> well, it's so weird that the like I, I don't know what it is, but if you go back and you actually predicted it last year that the Dolphins would beat the Patriots in Miami. Uh, whatever the case, like um, Tom Brady hasn't played well on the road in the division, and I know division games are are different and teams know each other really well, but I just don't see how they have the talent to compete. And that's, you know, we talked about the Raiders being unpredictable. The Dolphins are the pick right after them. And that's another team. So many holes. It's like, where do they go? And these picks can really swing the draft to the point where let's pretend that Derwin James comes off the board. Let's pretend that um, Denzel Ward's off the board. The Packers then are at 14 looking at a board that they don't really like, that they don't have any of the defensive players that they wanted that are, they are there. Edmonds. What do they do? No, let's say the Edmonds is gone. Let's say the 49ers take Edmonds. Who are the Packers looking to draft? I mean, do they draft a wide receiver there? Do they take Jordy Nelson's replacement? Do they go after, uh, do they take Calvin Ridley? I mean, that's what I'm saying is like when we did our mock draft episode last week, I got on the clock and those players were gone and I didn't know what to do as the Packers. Like I, I thought about an offensive lineman because it's, it's never a bad thing to have depth. But at the same time, what if they can get a legit top tier route runner like Calvin Ridley to pair with Devontae Adams for Aaron Rodgers? Like, you know what I mean? The Packers take the best player available every single year. Do you think that Calvin Ridley would be the best player available at 14? I do. If Mika, uh, yeah, I would. I would call him the best player on the board. Um, and that's. I understand that I'm higher on Calvin Ridley than most. Yeah. Um, just because like I compare his game to like an Antonio Brown, like a Stephon Diggs. Like I think that that's how talented he is. And pairing him with someone like Aaron Rodgers, where you know, so Calvin Ridley, he may not be the biggest target. He's not a six four receiver. He's not Cortland Sutton. He's not that guy. I don't think he's the prototypical number one, and that's what people have an issue with. 
projecting him. They, they don't see the big measurables. But here's the thing. When you watch Calvin Ridley in the space that he creates with his route running, he gives Aaron Rodgers a big target. Aaron Rodgers doesn't need a, a wide receiver to sky over defenders. That's not what Aaron Rodgers does. Calvin Ridley can get over the top of his speed because, as you know, he's got low 4-4 wheels, so he can get over the top of the defense. He can get open underneath. He can play out of the slot if you need him to. There's a lot of things that he does. And that's the thing. I think it's a luxury pick, but at the same time, the last time, I mean, the Packers, every now and then, I think that they should give Aaron Rodgers a bone. Like, here, we're going to we're gonna treat you to something here because we've been, I don't think that Jordy Nelson's going to succeed without Aaron Rodgers. I think we saw part of that last year. I, I don't think Devontae Adams, I think his career may have been over if he wasn't working with Aaron Rodgers for those couple of years. James Jones left the, pay, uh, the Packers and he was nothing. Greg Jennings left the Packers after Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers and he wasn't anything much. So that's what I'm saying. It may have been the end of their career, but I also believe that Aaron Rodgers gets the most out of players and putting someone like Calvin Ridley in that offense. I just, I mean, it, that I'm not saying it could be awesome. And I'm not saying and here's the thing is the Packers window is to win now. Right. And it may last a while, but they don't need a project wide receiver. They need a guy who's polished and ready to go. That's Calvin Ridley. I had Cortland Sutton mocked here a couple, a couple mocks ago. And uh, I don't think that happens. If they're going wide receiver, it's Calvin Ridley because he's ready. Yeah, and that's the thing is like the Packers defense is so bad. I get to see the Packers all the time, obviously. And um, their, their defense is very bad. Like their secondary is pathetic. Uh, ha ha, Clinton Dix, Kevin King. I, I mean, I, I don't know what King is right now because he was hurt through a majority of his rookie year. But I, I think they need to add someone to the defense. But my question is really... If the Dolphins go in a way that they take a corner or a safety and all of a sudden Derwin James and Denzel Ward are gone, you know, what do you do? Do you reach on someone like Josh Jackson? I, I don't know what they do there. Like Mike Hughes, do they reach on him? Do they take an outside linebacker? I, I don't know. They're not reaching. That's that's how I feel about it. And that's what I'm saying is like, I think there's a possibility that the Packers could shake that up. I wouldn't be shocked if they go against their needs and just go get a defensive tackle. Because there's three really good defensive tackles in this draft. One of them, I think, is going to be the top player on the board. And they don't especially need it, but they draft defensive tackles a lot. They don't have a very long uh, shelf span. No, they don't. But he, so there, that's some interesting news that came out, actually. <laughs> shelf span. I <laughs> combined a couple phrases there. You know. What I mean. <laughs> no, but here's the thing. So right before. So Kenny Clark was phenomenal last year. I don't think that the Packers would go. Uh, I don't think they need a nose tackle. But uh, right before we started the show, news came out. I think it was Todd McShay. I could be wrong, but someone, an insider, was saying that Maurice Hurst, that his heart condition has raised enough red flags that he could fall into the day three conversation and that some people oh. have actually crossed him off their draft list, which that's horrible. Now, man. when the news first came out from the combine, I felt really bad for the kid. Like, you, you just hope that he's okay. You know, football, it, yeah. it, while we love it and it's what we consume, this is your, his life we're talking about. And I, I just hoped he was okay. And then they had Harvard doctors basically saying that he's fine and that he's cleared. This reminds me like of like a Nick Fairley situation. If you remember when he went to the Saints and all of a sudden he's got this heart condition, he's basically forced to retire. Nick Fairley, the last I heard, he was trying to get back into the NFL, but nobody will touch him. So regardless of how talented Maurice Hurst is, and he really is extremely talented, this is crazy news to think that he could fall that far in the draft. But I mean, we've heard things like this before with like, you know, guys like Joe Mixon, where it's like some people crossed him off their draft list. And I understand it's a totally different concern, but some team was willing. As long as there's one team willing, he'll go. But you're right. He might be out of that first round conversation. That's crazy, man. Yeah, I didn't really consider that. Hey, I want to go back to Miami really quick. And uh, it's kind of funny. Uh, I think the Browns are going to trade back from four and probably with Buffalo, right? Uh, I mentioned that Arizona is a possibility of Mayfield's there. I don't think Mayfield will be there. So it's probably going to be Buffalo. I think they're going to trade back to 12 and they're going to want Vita Via. And um, 
I think that Miami takes him at 11. That's who I want. And, and then yeah. the Browns are like, well, what do we do now? I have no idea what the Browns would do if he's gone. Maybe Minka Fitzpatrick? Yeah, I mean, that's that's probably the backup pick. Or they go Deron Payne. Deron Payne wouldn't be a bad pick either. I, I think Deron- That's a reach at 12, I man. don't think so. Some people are saying that Payne might be the first defensive tackle off the board. Like, some people are in love with him, and I have no issue with it. Like, I view them as the big three. If you can get one of those three, and now Hurst with these health conditions, I'm not going to pretend that I know anything about his heart condition. I, I won't do that. And if teams cross him off, I'm sure they have good reason to do so. Because when you're taking a player this high in the draft, you need to be sure he's going to be around for a little while. Um, so Deron Payne and Vita Vea, they, they might be the two tackles that everybody wants now. So it would not shock well, me. Washington wants a tackle too. Yep. Washington could be left out in the cold if that scenario happens. It, yes, they would. And that would be like the worst case scenario for them because they have no option. I mean, they would wait till the second round and then hope that Tim Settle falls there. Taven Bryan, maybe I, I, I don't see one that. of those guys I think will fall. And it's not like the, the Redskins don't have other needs too. They They'll do get somebody. <laughs> they that definitely they need do. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's move on and talk about Arizona. We mentioned their love for Baker Mayfield. If they can't trade up and get Mayfield, is there a chance they get Lamar Jackson here? I in the beginning when I started doing all my mock drafts, I had Lamar Jackson here for a while, and then I ultimately I ultimately backed off that. I feel like Lamar Jackson has lost some of his juice through this draft process. And you know when you talk about the over under that Vegas set and that four and a half quarterbacks are selected in the first round. I think he's one of those ones that's like the obvious choice that he could fall out of the first. I, I I think that's a legit possibility. And when you talk about the Cardinals and, you know, some of the other holes they have on the roster, the offensive line is really bad. Granted, Jackson's the quarterback that I would take if I were looking at a quarterback. I don't think Mason Rudolph would be a great pick to play behind that offensive line because he's not mobile at all. At least Lamar Jackson gives you some mobility to combat that. But I just I feel like there's just so many other holes in their roster. I think they could be one of the teams that passes on a quarterback and surprises a few people. But would it surprise me if they took them? No, but I'm I'm just not predicting it at this point. All right, what about the Ravens? I mean, they could use a quarterback as well. Joe Flacco's <laughs> not going to play forever. I don't think he really deserves to be a start in the NFL. They just got Sneed, though. Uh, I was thinking they were going to get a wide receiver, but since they got Sneed, I don't know if they're going wide receiver here, tackle, quarterback. Maybe they get Mason Rudolph, Lamar Jackson. I don't know what they're going to do. They're kind of a wild card. They are a wild card now with this whole Sneed signing, even though I don't think it really fixes. You think about it. The Saints, like I know Twitter is really high on Willie Sneed, but when when teams like the Bears, like the Saints, when they put these uh, original round tenders on unrestricted free agents like Willie Sneed, like Cameron Meredith, and that's the thing. It's not, it's not like Sneed was paid a ton of money to go to Baltimore. I do think it's a question. But it, what what they said is that it dropped them out of the Des Bryant sweepstakes. So they were a team that was initially interested in Des Bryant. After they signed Snead, they said, "Yeah, we're out of that." I think that that may more that may be saying that they're out of the veteran sweepstakes. That they're not looking for any more veterans. They have John Brown, who's a health risk as is uh, Willie Snead, who's he's he's a player, he's a depth chart guy, and then we have Michael Crabtree, who's you know towards the end of his career. So I think that they 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 do want to inject some youth. But I don't know if they decide that number 16 is set for that. Like they may decide to go someplace else. They may go tight end there. It wouldn't shock me if they go, you know what? We've been hitting, swinging and missing on all these tight ends. We've had tight ends in and out of our lineup. Why don't we just take someone like Dallas Goddard, like, like Mike Gesicki, Hayden Hurst, you know, any of those guys, none of those guys would shock me if they came off the board before the other guy. But I think that that could be the first tight end off the board if they don't go wide receiver. Yeah, I could see that as well. Probably not the the tight end thing. I think only if they trade back. But you know what? Every single year, some team reaches according to uh, according to mock draft experts and um, we're all surprised and we all second guess them. But you know what? They're the NFL teams. That's what they decide to do. Mm-hmm. 
and it happened. So you're right. I mean, stuff like that happens. It could happen. Yeah, no, definitely. So, I mean, that's it's another like that's why when people talk about this and like how hard it is to predict, you don't even know who's going to be on the board for the Ravens there at 16. Like there's so many questions in front of them that the, the swing picks that we're talking about, the Packers can change that because let's say that the Ravens are, are stuck on Calvin Ridley and then he goes to the Packers and then there's they're sitting there looking like, wow, we don't want to we don't want to do the whole Brashad Perriman thing again. Like that's possible that that Cortland Sutton's that guy. Now I think Cor- well I think it's unlikely they go wide receiver man. They got three guys now, Crabtree, Brown, Sneed. But no youth. They don't have any depth on the roster. They don't have any youth. They're all older guys. I want to say they're all at least 27 years old. At some point you need to invest if you want to if you want to reap the dividends. And I, and I think it's it's rare to get the number 1 wide receiver off the board if Calvin Ridley were to fall. I think it's rare to get one yeah. at 16. But you're also, I mean, are you going to spend a first round pick to get a fourth wide receiver? when you could just get one in the second round. I mean, DJ Chark's going to be there for them in the second round. Oh, don't take Chark. Like, by the way, if you're... Well, I don't like Chark, no, but... If someone's uh, listening to this, if an NFL team listens to this podcast, do not take DJ Chark. Not in the second <laughs> round. Like, if you want to take him in, like, the fourth round, I'm okay with that, I guess. But I, I, and you're right, Bobby. Some people have mentioned him as, like, a, a high second round pick, and I think that's that's nuts. Let's talk about the Seahawks a little bit. I mean, they've got voids in defense, they have a horrible offensive line. What do they do to build around Russell and get another championship? Well, that's the question. What do they do? Do they start rebuilding that defense that literally, you know, the Legion of Boom is gone? You know, the 12th man, that whole thing. Like, ever, ever since Pete Carroll got there, it was defense, defense, defense. And then, you know, Russell Wilson kind of made the offense look a lot prettier. It's kind of like, you know, what I can't remember the movie that it is, but, you know, the, that that really pretty girl that makes all her, her – her, uh, or all of the ugly friends make this other girl look pretty in the middle because she's compared to a bunch of ugly – I don't remember what movie it is. Shallow Hell, I think. Um, but once you once you took away the, the uglier ones and you looked at it, you're like, okay, maybe she's not as good as I thought. Russell Wilson makes everyone in that offense look better. Like he he's like he's the best looking one, right? He makes them look better. And when he goes down, that team is legitimately maybe one of the worst in the NFL. So at some point they need to say, you know what, we need to give Russell Wilson some protection. We need to give him some options because they lost Jimmy Graham, they lost Paul Richardson. I mean, Tyler Lockett's been a bust. Doug Baldwin's a player, but again, you know, that offensive line is is kind of a joke. So Lockett was great before the injury, man. I, I don't think calling him a bust is right. I don't think he was great, though. Like Josh Hermsmeyer, um, he's someone that does a lot of work with the speed of NFL wide receivers, and he did this thing basically, and I was shocked to see it. But Tyler Lockett's play speed is slow. Like he's not a fast receiver. So that's why I would always tell people, like, don't look into the combine too much because 40 speeds, they could be deceiving. Like Brashad Perriman didn't strike me as a very fast receiver on the field. He's saying that Tyler yeah, Lockett, point. in terms of measure, like measuring the speed with their pads on, there's like a chip in there that measures the speed. Tyler Lockett is like one of the slower wide receivers in the NFL. What? Yeah, it's crazy. Like I would say to message him and he will tell you about it because he's posted several things wow. on it. And I was shocked to see some of the, the, wow. the wide receivers who are, are faster than him. Somebody else who I think is uh, likely to take a wide receiver, and I know you like them to take a defensive tackle or a linebacker here. And, um, you know, I actually have Roquan Smith falling down my board and the Cowboys taking him. But if he's not there, if Tremaine Edmonds isn't there, I think the Cowboys are, are probably the most likely team in the first round to take a wide receiver. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. And the, the, the defensive tackle thing with Maurice Hurst, 
coming out of the conversation, I don't see any chance that one of the top pain's not falling. Yeah, I don't think pain. I don't think that Vea. Those guys are not going to be there uh, for the Cowboys. So unless unless they're one of the teams that's willing to take a chance on Hurst, and you know that's the middle of the first round, it doesn't seem likely at this point. Yeah, which really not reaching for Settle, not reaching for Brian at eighteen. You could trade back. It really stinks too, Bobby. Linebacker, wide receiver. Because I just released my final mock draft, and obviously the news comes out with Maurice Hurst now, and it's like, uh oh. Um, <laughs> it's not good, but um, yeah. If 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 none of the defensive tackles are there, I I don't see Roquan Smith being there. Like that's not going to happen. I I think they need an outside linebacker and one that's preferably got some versatility to play inside. If Sean Lee were to go down, which he usually does, but I do think that they're targeting Cortland Sutton there, and I think it's going to happen. I think he falls to yeah. them, and I think the Cowboys draft him. Yeah, he is. He, that's a perfect fit for them. Um, let me let me ask you this though. Did you think that uh, Reuben Foster was going to drop as far as he did last year? I did not. I, I knew there were some concerns, though. I knew that there were some of the off-field concerns. There were some of the, the injury concerns. I didn't think he'd fall as far as he—I thought he was going to fall outside the top 10. When, when, they, when that happened, I felt like it was a steal of the draft. Like it, If someone does this year, it's Roquan Smith, right? I, I mean, I guess that would, be, that would be the Reuben Foster of this year, but I just don't think teams make that mistake again. Okay. I think he's he that, that kid is so talented. I mean, it didn't really turn out to be a mistake based on what's well, going right. on. Well, right, there's with, a lot uh, with Ruben Foster, but he was really good. Yeah, from a talent standpoint, he was uh he was extremely good on the field and the 49ers are going to feel that loss because they announced earlier today if you guys missed that news, uh John Lynch came out and said if that Ruben Foster did hit that lady, he said he will not be on this football team. Awesome. Yeah. Love it, dude. Yeah. No, John Lynch, he, he's not playing around. I like what they're doing there in San Francisco. Now, don't. I'm not tooting the 49ers horn, producer Clinton. Uh, <laughs> every, every time we say something about the 49ers, he's like, oh, yeah, I know. I, he gets those those feels, right? I'm not doing that, but John Lynch is doing it right. <laughs> I'm interested to see what the Bengals are going to do here because they're in a horrible spot. Like the Bengals, we know what they need. We know who they're going to yep. take. But they either have to reach to do it or they trade back. I don't think they have to reach. I think that they made one of the best moves of the entire offseason. And I think it's one of the overlooked ones. People looked at. So they have plenty of holes in that offensive line. Like legitimately, there was four out of five spots that I would have I could have seen as replacing at least three. Right. You had left tackle. You had right guard. You had right tackle center. I would argue that's what I'm saying. Center is another need. So. They tr- not only move, they move back nine spots that they can. They probably would have taken Mike McGlinchey if they stayed at number 12. So moving back to number 21, if the Seahawks don't take him, I think McGlinchey falls to them. So therefore, not only did they just move back and take the same player they would have at 13, but they also got Cordy Glenn. So you have the option. You could probably stick Cordy Glenn at left tackle. You could stick McGlinchey at right tackle to start his career, which some people project him as a better right tackle than left tackle. And then all of a sudden you grab a center or a guard in the second round. The Bengals offensive line is rebuilt and we could start, moving everything else around. That's what I'm saying. It's just, I feel like it was one of the more underrated moves of the offseason that nobody seems to talk about. I think they're going James Daniels. I think that's a lock. I don't think McGlinchey's fallen that far. I think it's James Daniels at 21 or James Daniels at 29 if they can trade back or 27 if they can trade back. I think back. Frank Ragnow should be the the first center off the board. I don't think it's James Daniels. Okay. Like, I, I mean, yeah. yeah. Ragnow is so good. They're both extremely good, but I think you don't take a center in the top 20. That's why I that's why I actually I actually mocked Ragnow to them in the second round. 
Okay. Well, well, you think Ragnar's going to fall to them in the second round? With all the steam that we're hearing recently, it's getting tougher and tougher to believe that. But Ragnar was considered like the third best center just like a a, a couple weeks ago. And all of a sudden, people are starting to catch on. This kid's really freaking good at football. Yeah. So, yeah, it wouldn't shock me. But I have him going like it's like the uh, the 12th or the 13th pick in the second round. Now, the Panthers are a really interesting case, Tags. I know that you uh, had them getting a running back, Darius Geis. That would be extremely interesting. I don't know if that's going to happen. Twitter would go crazy. Like, why in the world are they adding him with they just got Christian McCaffrey? I think it makes sense. I like what you said. I think they're, they're going to replace Norwall, get a guard here. Maybe it's Isaiah Wynn. Maybe it's Will Hernandez. Where do you see them going? I, the reason I went with Geis is because I I just feel like they're a team that the holes that they have, I don't think that they're going to necessarily fix them with this pick by, by going there. Like, cornerback. Josh Jackson, I think he's a realistic uh, like solution here. I, I think that he's someone that the Panthers should debate because you play in a, a wide receiver heavy division. Like you need to start worrying about that. So I think that's possible. But I also think like when you're playing the Panthers, like what are you worried about? Like you worried about them running the ball, and it's not so much Christian McCaffrey because he's someone out of the backfield. But the Panthers, they went out last year and they they drafted um, uh, Trey. No, not Trey Turner, the other one on the offensive line. I can't remember his name right now. Um, oh, he was in the set. He was a second round pick last year. They're expecting him to fill Norwell's shoes, so I think that that is that's where they're leaning there. So I don't think that they, they necessarily are going to invest in guard. They need a left tackle, but they're not going to give up on Khalil yet because they paid him tens of millions of dollars. It's just so much money left in the contract. They just can't. They can't admit that they made that big, big of a mistake already. Like they just can't do it. <laughs> so when you look at it, cornerback, someone mentioned safety, but me, I think you like Jonathan Stewart just left the team. He had 206 uh, touches last year. That's not a little. They already said they don't want to give Christian McCaffrey a whole a whole bunch of touches. So I really do believe that Darius guys. People are saying he's going to go in the first round. And when I look at first round teams that could select a running back. I think the Panthers kind of make sense. I think it's the Giants. I think the Giants trade up and get him. They pass on Barkley, trade up and get guys. That's interesting because I wonder who they can get because they're at the start of the second round. I think that the, the, this this running back class is just so deep. If you don't take if you don't take Barkley, I think you should wait. But at the same time, I, I, running back is a is a is a position that's moving up draft boards. Like Sony Sony Michelle is actually my number two running back, but I think Darius Geis would Me be too. a better fit in Carolina. I think a lot of people though. I've been hearing a lot of people saying. Geis is probably closer to Barkley than he is to the number three running back in the class. I don't buy no. that, but so many people are saying it that it has me wondering if there's something I'm missing here. He was really good pre-injury. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's what people are looking back towards. But I also look at that, and you know, when people talk about his pre-injury, his 2016 tape, Bobby, you remember who was on that team in 2016, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I remember. Leonard Fournette. <laughs> so when you're not the number one running back in an offense, I talk about this all the time, and I, I really don't know how people don't uh, they, they overlook it. When you're not the number one running back, teams will change their packages. They'll, they'll, they'll change what they look at when they're, when they're facing an opponent. So when Darius Geis is getting the second most carries on his team, and he's the number two running back, I think he's going to look a little better. It's not to say that, peop- that teams don't think LSU is going to run the ball because, well, that's just what they do. But I, I do think that once he was asked to take over the, the workhorse role and be the guy, I think he just struggled a little bit, and I just don't think he was as special. I don't think he's a special running back, and I'm just I'm saying that on this podcast. I'm being open about it. I think he's an above-average running back, but I do not think he's special. I think that Sony Michelle is a better running back in today's NFL. I agree, and I think that uh, Rash- uh, Rashard Penny is right there. Mm-hmm. I think that Royce Freeman is right there with Darius Geis, and it's just crazy to me to to take a guy, a running back, 
who's not special in the first Nick round. Chubb can be in that conversation with him, too, as a two-down back that, uh, I mean, the thing is, Geist might have better hands than I think some people think. I think he'll be competent, but I don't, yeah, Sony Michelle is like a legit three-down back who can pass block with the best of them. Okay, Tags, we are going to go quite a bit uh, past an hour. We usually do right about an hour podcast, maybe a little bit longer, maybe a little bit shorter. Uh, you know what? It's NFL draft season. Let's keep talking. We're going to get through all our notes. Hope you guys enjoy the extra uh, the extra content here. I've got uh, three more teams I want to talk about here. Then we'll get into bold predictions, props, late round targets, and uh, teams that we think are going to trade. What I want to know is Steelers, Saints, Jags, all three of them could use another quarterback, a good young quarterback. How often do you have a chance to get a potential QB1 this late? And which one is most likely to get a quarterback? Yeah, that's... That's why I think that it goes over. I think that 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 whole Vegas line of four and a half. I do think it goes over. I have. I think it's. I think it's teetering on five. I think Lamar Jackson might fall out, but I think Mason Rudolph should be like. I think he should be the guy for the Steelers. And I understand that they need a safety, and that there's some other holes in this team that they could use, but like with Ben Roethlisberger under center until he retires, you're sticking with him. There's, there's no question about that. It's not an Eli Manning situation when he's playing, you're starting him. It's like the whole Brett Favre thing in green Bay where it's like, he's threatening retirement. What do we do? They finally got Aaron Rodgers and they got him to shut up. Like, like, you know what? We're going Aaron Rodgers. We'll see you later, dude. <laughs> I think the Steelers, like how often, like when, when Ben Roethlisberger's under center, their team is going to be good enough to make the playoffs. Right. And so they're always going to be in the bottom third of the draft or bottom quarter of the draft, I should say. So how often do you have a chance to draft a franchise quarterback there in the bottom quarter of the draft? Not very often. So it, being so deep of a quarterback class, if Mason Rudolph falls here to the Steelers, they should draft him. And I think that they should have learned their lesson last year when they picked Josh Dobbs. They tried waiting uh, to draft his. It's not going to work. That stuff does not work. No. And it, it was exposed in the, in the preseason. Like Josh Dobbs is just not a very good quarterback. And I think that a lot of people knew that, but I, I don't think that they can make that mistake again. If who Mason Rudolph is, if if who we know Mason Rudolph is this year, if he was in the draft last year, I think there's a chance he goes first overall. I like Trubitsky better, but I think he's in the conversation. Yeah, Mason Rudolph, if it wasn't such a deep class, he'd be considered like a top 10 pick. I, I, I do I do believe that, but I that's and that's where you get out and talk about trades. Bobby, here's another prop bet for you. This one is crazy. Now, this one like legitimately fit, made me feel really bad about my mock draft and all the time that I put into it. The total number of round one trades, and, and keep in mind, this says trades prior to draft day do not count, okay? What do you think that number is for total draft day trades? 6.5 is my guess on the over-under. Wow, that's higher than I was. But 7.5 is the over-under. That means you have to have eight trades on, on in round one in order for you to hit the over. I don't see any... Last year it was seven. The year before it was seven. And I thought that that was pretty high. I thought 6.5 would be the number. I, I'm going under on that. It, it could be over. But yeah, no, that's the thing. I've got I've got seven in my mock right well, now. Well, from the, the previous years, those those trades were made on draft day, where it's like there's already been a few trades made prior to the draft, like the Jets and the Bills moving up to where they did. There's been trades like already. Well, there's so many trades late in the first round too. Yeah, that's true. Where teams like some players fell, where teams didn't. Think I mean, they like would. At Atlanta trading back. We all think we know what they're gonna do, but. They really don't have that big of a need. Like they could trade back if there's a team that's really hungry to move up and get uh, Leighton Vander Ursch, right? Yeah, that's definitely a possibility. Um, y you make a good point there, and I, I was told that the Eagles are a team at 32 that they're looking to trade out of that pick, where it's like they they don't have any major needs unless someone falls, and that's that, the Vikings. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, <laughs> I see the Jags moving back if their guy's not there. 
they have the, that's the thing. These are all possible. I was just shocked to see seven and a half as the over under. I was like, wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are going to bang the under on that, but uh, I think it was Adam Schefter. I think people laughed probably when I said seven point or six point five, but. Um... Yeah, there's a lot of trades. I was I was doing the research kind of right before this. Um, you know, I'm looking at this, okay? Lamar Jackson, I think he will go in the first round. I think there's six quarterbacks going in the first round. I don't think it's the Patriots. I don't think it's the Cardinals. I think he falls deeper than that. Uh, I don't know if it's the Saints, Steelers, Jags. Uh, I don't think the Jags would probably take him. I, I think some somebody moves up to get Lamar Jackson, maybe at the very last pick, kind of like what happened with Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater fell. Someone was like, you know, before everyone has a chance to go ahead and make this trade uh, to get, uh, you know, their quarterback at 2.1, we're going to move back at the end of the night and get 132 just to make sure no one has time. And that they drafted Bridgewater. I think that probably happens with Lamar Jackson. I'm going 32nd overall. But Mason Rudolph is an interesting case here, okay? I think the Patriots, if he's there at 23, definitely take him. I don't think he will be, though. I think one of these three teams, I don't know if it's the Saints, Steelers, Jags. If I had to guess, it's the Saints. Move up to 21 with the Bengals and take Mason Rudolph. I don't think that I don't I don't think Rudolph is the yeah, that, that, that could be wrong, though. I mean, I actually kind of agree with you on the Saints. I mean, I've had them selecting a tight end this entire time. But the reason I could see it is because they filled up so many voids in the roster like they have. They've cleaned that roster up. Like looking at looking at their team for like holes, I guess you could say they could use an outside linebacker and they could use a tight end. But outside of that, it's just like depth things you're looking at. You're looking at maybe a left guard, a strong safety. There's not many holes in that Saints roster. So I've had them taking a tight end. But you could be right, though. They could be like, you know what? Drew Brees got two years left. We don't have many holes. We did sign Ben Watson. Uh, we, we might be able to get a tight end. This, well, they don't have a second round pick. But we might be able to get a tight end next year, whatever the case may be. Um, I I wouldn't put it past them, but I just don't see Baker Mayfield. That's the one that supposedly they were really interested in that they would trade up for if he fell. But I just don't see him falling. Well, they tried to trade up to uh, what was it? They were going to take a quarterback at 11 last year. Was it Mahomes? Yeah, they like I said, they wanted Mahomes. If Lattimore wasn't there, they were going to take Mahomes. Makes sense. Big arm. So I, I think that the Saints are probably going to go quarterback in the first round if they have a chance to. I don't think they will have a chance. They can get Lamar Jackson, like I said, I think at 27. I don't think they want him. I think they trade up above the Patriots to get 21. It'll be interesting, man. This is what I'm saying. Is like all this talk has got me just excited, and I, I swear Thursday's going to come, and I'm going to be so drained of emotion from all these roller coasters and hearing all these things. Like I just want to rewrite my mock draft already with this whole Maurice Hurst news because that's going to change everything. So just do it, man. Yeah. Write a new mock draft every single day. <laughs> ten thousand words. <laughs> <laughs> so full seven rounds. Yeah, ten thousand words. That's the thing is like on every pick I wrote a paragraph essentially. So yeah, to do that to redo that again, man, that's a that's a grind. Let's go bold predictions here, man. How many do you have lined up? I've got four. Okay, I'll go four too. I've got three written down. I'll come up with another one though. All right, my, my, I'll give you some. All right, time. You you go first. Yeah. So my first one is that Lorenzo Carter out of Georgia, goes inside the top 20 picks. I think that surprises everyone. A lot of people are expecting him to go in the second round. I I, I mean, as a Bears fan, I'm hoping that he falls to the Bears in the second round. I don't I don't see any way it happens. I don't, I don't know why it should happen. Lorenzo Carter, and if I'm being completely honest, I'd take him over Harold Landry in a heartbeat. I was about to say, my, my first bold prediction is that Harold Landry drops out of the top 25. I know t- fantasy Twitter, uh, draft Twitter is going crazy over Harold Landry. I don't think NFL teams are early, you know, before all this Twitter noise, everyone was having Landry in the bottom uh, half of the of the first round, you know, picks 26 to 32. I think that's where he ends up. 
my notes on him the first time I watched him because I, I I take notes and then I go and I refine them and I put them into the website. But I was looking at him. I think he looks more of like an outside linebacker in a three four. He's not listed as that. He's listed as an edge defender. So I think that he's his size is really small. He's 6'3", 250, but I, I, to be an edge, I don't see that happening. So I think he needs to move to a 3-4, which might be like a passing down specialist. The Lions, their old um, their old defensive, uh, one of their defensive assistant coaches is now with the Lions. So I think it's possible that the Lions at 20 look at Landry if he's there. But I think it's it's possible that Harold Landry just becomes like a pass rushing specialist and that he's not... He's not any. I don't think he's anywhere on the level of Chubb. Like some people have said, oh Nick Chubb and or him or Nick Chubb, Bradley <laughs> Chubb and him next to each other. Like the, you know, I could see going either way. Not me. I think there's a clear gap between those two. I just yep. I'm not a huge Harold Landry guy. All right, what's your second bold prediction here? My second one is that uh, <laughs> DJ Moore falls out of the first round, and I know that so many people are telling that, me that that's not super bold. I don't. But I, yeah, I know that one's going to bother bold, people. <laughs> but, but no, no. Now, now I think it's like there was a few draft analysts that have now said that he's their number one receiver on the board, and I, I'm not. I'm just not there. I I joked about it a month ago, saying that you know before long DJ Moore is going to be a first round pick, and now now people are putting him in the middle of the first round. So it's just it, it, the hype has gotten out of control. A little for me. Um, I think he's a good receiver. I actually do. It's not that I hate DJ Moore. I just don't feel like he's he's not that that guy. He's not a he's not a he's not a guy that would normally. And if it wasn't such a weak wide receiver class, I don't think people would be talking about him as anything more than like a, a third round, maybe second or third round pick. But being there's a lack of clear cut number one receivers in this draft, that's what that's what has people liking him. I compare him to someone like Julian Edelman. I was doing my mock draft. Yeah, I don't think he's Julian Edelman. I, I really think you're wrong there, actually. I don't <laughs> think he's Antonio Brown, like a lot of people are saying, but I really like DJ Moore. He's my number three wide receiver. I think he belongs in the first round. In fact, I'm willing to bet you whatever kind of candy you want if DJ Moore drops out. But you have to get me whatever kind of candy I want if DJ Moore goes in the first That's round. That's not fair. I'm not, I haven't been eating candy. I um that's a fun fact about me too is that I've uh I'm now down that's to sad, 29 man. pounds since the end of the NFL season. Yes. So I've been working my butt off trying to stay in shape, get back in shape I should say because the football season man, I don't have any time to work out. Yeah, that's awesome man. Congratulations on that. Appreciate Keep it. it going dude. Appreciate it man. Um I actually have DJ Moore going to my Jags and I it wasn't like, you know, I put DJ Moore in there and I made the rest mm-hmm. of the draft work. It was just like I did, who do I think each team is going to take? Who do I think is going to be the trades? And DJ Moore was there. And if DJ Moore's there, I think the Jags take him at 29. And that's just the way the offseason's gone for me. They got Norwell, which I was pumped about. Mm-hmm. Like that was the piece I wanted them to go get. They got Moncrief. They got ASJ. And he's got upside. I know he's, you know, not very good or whatever. Yeah. But I, I liked all three of those moves. So if they got Moore, that would just cap off a perfect offseason. I don't think Moore would be a bad pick there, to be honest with you. I mean, I don't know why they would have signed Dante Moncrief if they they were going to go wide receiver in the first, but I mean, yeah, they, they did resign Mar- Marquise Lee. They have DD Westbrook. Those two are considered perimeter receivers, so I don't know if they do unless they plan on more playing big slot. But um, well, they're going to go five wide receivers all, all day with uh, Blake Bortles, quarterback. Obviously, number number one fantasy quarterback <laughs> over the last six weeks. <laughs> all right, here's my number two bold prediction. It is that Joshua Jackson's going to be picked higher than Tremaine Edmonds. Wow, that that's bold. It is bold, and I actually have no problem with it. Uh, Josh Jackson is—he's a tough one for me. I, I I have mixed emotions on him. I feel like he could be good, but I also feel like he may have been overhyped at the beginning. But I'm I'm okay on him. I think he could be a solid NFL corner. But um, he could go anywhere from twelve. I think. I, I think if uh-huh. the Browns get number twelve and and Fitzpatrick's gone and Via's gone and Derwin James is gone. I could see them reaching for Jackson at 12, and I don't think it's especially a reach. He's 
He belongs in the conversation there. Yeah. I could see him going as deep as 25, though. I, could, I actually, I could see him go falling to the Eagles at 32. Like, I could see that happening because there's some other cornerbacks like Mike Hughes. Uh, he's creeped up draft boards where he's in that conversation. Jerry Alexander. There, there's like a tier at the top of the, the cornerback board. So I, I could see any of that happening. So, um, but yeah, that one's bold because Tremaine Edmonds is expected to go top 10. All right. Number three here. Number three for me is uh, despite being 25 years old, Hayden Hurst is the first tight end off the board. I think so too. I mean, I, I think most people think that's that's bold, but that's how I've got it mocked up. I don't I don't see anything wrong with it either, to be honest with you. Like tight ends, yeah. if he if he's ready to contribute right away, which I think he is, and I think he's a very versatile weapon, if he's ready to contribute right away, most tight ends don't even break into the NFL until they're 25, 26 years old. So I don't think it's that crazy if Hayden Hurst is ready to produce. Like if you're gonna rest him for two years, yeah. Like if you're gonna bring him along slowly, yeah, for sure. That's way too early to draft him, but um I do believe that he's ready. I, I think that there's a clear gap between him and the next one in terms of their their past their their NFL ready skills. Like his ball tracking is amazing. Like yeah, it's on a whole different level than even Gasicki and uh, Goddard. I actually like Gasicki better than I do Goddard. I like Goddard the best, and and it's really not very close to me. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Eagles take him at number thirty-two, even though they've you know they've got Zach Ertz because they are in love with him. I think they'd fit better with Hurst actually, um, like to replace uh, Trey Burton because it's like that move tight end, the one that they can plug all over the place. Whereas Goddard, I think whoever drafts him is going to draft him to be their tight end one, and like the guy that they want to be able to block, and they're going to try and bring him along. I think it'll be a year or two for him before he turns into something. That's why that's why they need him. They need a year or two behind Ertz, and then he's a monster. <laughs> it's possible, man. It's possible, especially with Ertz's uh, injury concerns. All right, here's my bold prediction number three. A lot of people have uh, Josh Sweat going in the end of the second round, maybe mid-second round. I have him going number 31 overall to the Patriots. I think the Patriots love this type of player, and I think they're just going to get him. They could trade back if they wanted to, and the Patriots love to trade back, but I don't think they're taking any chances that this guy goes before them. I actually love the call that he goes to the Patriots. I actually have him going in the second round uh, to the to the Patriots. I, I think that the fit is awesome. He has similar concerns to the ones that Jay Ajayi had coming out of uh, college in that some people are worried that you're only going to get one contract out of him because of his knee concerns. Even Ian Rappaport, he tweeted something today uh, saying something about him and the fact that teams are a little worried about his knee because he had it completely dislocated back in high school. Um, but he's a player who is he's a first round talent like he's got that talent it's just the the longevity thing I think the Patriots are team in it to win it right now and I think that he can help them win right now and he helps that pass rush immediately I I, I, I would dig that pick I mean I just think that they can get him in the second round all right dude number four make it bold because mine's really bold uh, well mine I should have went the other way around because the Lorenzo Carter that was my boldest one probably but uh Mike that Mike McGlinchey goes inside the top 15 despite some having him fall to the 25 range like I just don't yeah I don't see that the left tackle is such an important position or even right tackle. The tackle position as a whole in the NFL, I think people underestimate what trenches mean like to a game and how much it, it impacts the quarterback. Uh, Mike McGlinchey, I think he, he's my top tackle in this class. And to see him fall at the top 15 would be kind of a travesty. And if he falls to the Bengals at 20, uh, 21, they should be jumping for joy and running to the podium. Yeah, yep, definitely agree. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people are going to think that's bold. I think it probably happens. Yeah. I think somebody goes and gets McGlinchey there. Yeah, that's, that's definitely possible. All right, here's my number four, and uh, this is going to surprise a lot of people. Uh, Calvin Ridley is going to fall all the way to number 26 where the Falcons will get him. Oh, oh dude, don't even do this to me. Like, I, I would like, so outside of my Bears, the Falcons are my next team. Like, so I have a Julio Jones. 
I have a I have a Julio Jones jersey. I have a Matt Ryan jersey. Um, I've had them for years, so it's not it has nothing to do with the Super Bowl. Um, I have pictures to back that up, people. Um, but, but for real, like if Calvin Ridley went to the Falcons, I will get a Calvin Ridley jersey <laughs> because that's yeah, awesome. Calvin man. Ridley and Julio. Can Jones, you imagine him and Julio? Yeah, two Alabama guys just chucking it up. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. Let's move on over to the props that you got for us. All right. So the props, we went over a couple of those ones. Uh, we talked about the quarterbacks being taken in the first round. Here about this total running backs selected in the first round over under is at two and a half. Really? I would have set it at one wow. and a half. My number would have been set at one and a half. So I'm saying under. Me too. I think there's two. I think there's one. You don't even think Geis goes in the, in, in I the mean, first? I mean, I have it mocked up where Geis goes to the Giants mm-hmm. and trades the Giants trade up to get Geis. But I think it's more than likely going to just be one. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if Barkley goes 10. So you're going under on this one as well. All right. Yeah. Total wide receivers selected in the first round. This one. Three. It's a four and a half. I'm going under easy on that one. Yeah, easy under. I mean, who would it even be? Uh, well, I mean, Ridley, I mean, I, Sutton, Sutton, Ridley, maybe more, maybe more, maybe Kirk. Uh, Kirk is possible. There's a fifth one. Who could be James? Who the fifth one I like be? James Washington. He's like my number two receiver. So I, I like him a lot. I just don't. I don't. Th- I love him on the Patriots. I would love him on the Packers. Actually, in the second round, I think he's a perfect Jordy Nelson replacement. But um, oh yeah, and that's that's why I, I never wanted to mock Calvin Ridley to them because I feel like they can get who they want in the second round. But um, but yeah, four and a half. I don't I don't see any chance that happened. Like that's that seems to me like the easy under. But again, they 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 they're usually right on with these things. So all right. So the next one, will Odell Beckham Jr. be included in an NFL draft day trade? So the yes is plus 350. The no is minus 600. I mean, I'm going no, but that would be so fun. It would. Um, it would. I don't think it happens either. I think he's on the Giants roster this year. <laughs> if he's traded, where does he go? It's got to be Cleveland. Wait, no. Is it the Bills? <laughs> Do the Bills trade for him? They trade their, They can't move up to take a quarterback with a fifth pick overall. So they <laughs> trade <their first> pick. <laughs> they, they need wide receivers. Oh, that's perfect. Oh. That's too perfect. AJ, that has to be true. AJ McCarron. To Odell Beckham Jr. You heard it here first, folks. That is so funny, man. Yeah. Um, so we're both saying no on that one. Um, I'm saying no, but what what about this? What if the Packers do it? I know the Packers like don't like to spend all their resources on wide receiver, but can you imagine for a second? You've got Devontae Adams, you've got Odell Beckham, you've got Aaron Rodgers. We're talking about a historically great season. But then you have no um, no first round pick this year. You have no first round pick next year, and you have no defense. Who cares, man? They're going to score ninety <laughs> points a game. <laughs> oh man! All right. So this one's an interesting one. Um, so NFL round one, uh, NFL draft round one selection. So any player selected in the first round that goes up to the podium refuses to make contact with Roger Goodell. Yes, plus six hundred. So if you bet hundred, you win six hundred. If you bet a hundred, and if you say if you so if you say no, it's minus one thousand. So if you bet a hundred dollars, you lose a thousand. If this doesn't happen, so let's just say yes or no. Would you say that there's any selection that would f- refuse to make contact with Roger Goodell? Um, I'm looking at the names right now. I can't see any of them doing it. I don't either. I don't. I don't see it happening. That's not the first impression you want to make going into the NFL. I just don't see it happening. Yeah, no, no, I'm going no. All right, so length of the NFL draft round one, over under four hours. Yeah, I'm going over, four and a half. All the trades and everything, man, all the commercials. I mean, this is, the the NFL draft is always huge. 
it is going to be way bigger this year. There's been so much more noise on Twitter than usual. <laughs> it feels like that, doesn't it? Like it gets bigger and grander every single year. Um, and I can't disagree with that. Uh, I'm hoping it's under because we have a lot of stuff to do that night. The podcast writing a, a mock draft for day two. So I'm hoping under, but I'm guessing it's probably going to be over as well. So I'm going over. Um, Baker Mayfield draft position over under four. Under. Under as well. This one, yeah, he's going number three to the Jets, unless somebody leaps him and goes number two. I have a feeling we're both going to be over on this one. Lamar Jackson, 17 and a half. Everyone thinks he's going to the Cardinals. He's not going to the Cardinals. I'm sorry, guys. He's fallen. Yeah, that's where, that's where I'm at. I'm going to go over 17 and a half. And then the last one I have, Shaquem Griffin, the linebacker, the one who has been playing without a hand. Like It's a miracle what he's been able to accomplish. Uh, the combine freak, his draft position is a prop. Over under the 111.5 pick. So that's the fourth round 11.5 pick. I'm saying under. I think he goes I, I think he goes in the third round. I think so too. I, In fact, I'm going to go ahead and say that he's going to Oakland. They're trying to change. We already talked about it. They're changing the atmosphere there. Mm-hmm. Who better than him? Yeah, I mean, they could they, they could definitely use someone as an outside linebacker as like some, some depth there. Because that's when you're in the third, fourth round range, you're looking for guys who have starter potential, but they're providing you depth on your depth chart. And linebacker is a mm-hmm. position they could use a little bit more depth. Hey, by the way, I'm going to uh, call it now. Earlier I said, I, I'm giving a fifth bold prediction. Earlier I said Lamar Jackson, someone's going to trade up and get him at number 32. I'm going to bet that the Arizona Cardinals pass on him at 15, get him at 32. <laughs> That's possible too. There's been rumors that the Dolphins might be interested. They, they might trade back. or Dolphins are tanking, man. They're not getting a quarterback. They're going to have the number one picnic. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very possible. I mean, there's there's some holes in that roster, man. Who are some of your favorite late round targets? Let's go just fantasy players. I mean, obviously, Holton Hill, he's not a late round guy. He's probably going end of the second, early third. And we both love Holton Hill. Yeah, Holton Hill. Yeah, like when you're talking about a cornerback that there's some off the field question marks. But if he can answer those, uh, I think that he's a guy that would be in the conversation with Josh Jackson, uh, Jared Alexander, Mike Hughes, those guys. Um, he's he's one of those guys. I do like Chad Thomas, uh, defensive end out of Miami. Uh, he's he's expected to be like a third, fourth round pick. I think he's better than that. Um, I've already mentioned, you know, talking about Lorenzo Carter. Lorenzo Carter, he's, he, that dude's a baller. Um, like he should be, yeah. I think he should be a first round pick. Um, as for some fantasy guys, like looking at some of the wide receivers and running backs that people should pay attention to later in the draft, I think Royce Freeman reminds me a lot of Jordan Howard. And uh, if he falls the, the way Jordan Howard did in the draft and lands on the right team, I think Royce Freeman might be a steal uh, in some drafts. If he lands behind a team that understands what he is, kid's got great vision. Um, he's expected to be a, a late day two, early day three pick. Uh, but again, if he falls the fifth round to a team that doesn't necessarily need a running back, but they're like, hey, we'll take him. He's someone uh, I also believe that he can be a workhorse, man. Imagine him. OK, imagine that the Giants pass and grab him in the third round mm-hmm. and he just gets all the carries in the world. I know the offensive line isn't very good, but then, you know, you, you move back and you get uh, Quentin Nelson or whatever and you, you add up the offensive line. I love Royce Freeman. I mean, his combine comps, Le'Veon Bell, Eddie Lacy, Larry Johnson, Jordan Howard. That's that's really something, man. And those are measurements like that's the thing. But you watch Royce Freeman on film like the kid's got vision like and he's like he he knows what he is. He doesn't try and be something he's not. I think you can compare. I think him and Nick Chubb are very comparable in terms of what you get out of them skill set wise. And I think Royce Freeman, you can get him two rounds later, maybe three rounds later. So definitely like him a lot. And one player that I'm really keep my eye on to where he lands. And I think that the Falcons should be really interested is uh, Kiki QT out of uh, Texas Tech. 
he is um he's a kid that could be Tyreek Hill. Like he's a he he's got this on demand speed. Like like legitimately, like he just presses a button and it's a little go button and it just goes. Uh he's only 5'10, I think 185 pounds, so he's not a big guy, but I think he playing opposite Julio Jones. So many people are talking about the Falcons taking someone like Anthony Miller or or Christian Kirk who could play the slot. And I'm like, did you guys forget Mohamed Sanu plays slot for them? Like he's been there he's like good. 80% of the snaps. So he's not moving outside. They're yeah. key, they need someone to replace Taylor Gabriel. And I think that Kiki QT, they, they did host him on a visit. So I actually mocked Kiki QT to the Falcons in the third round of my mock draft. That's, that's a pick that I'm looking forward to. And one I'm going to give one last since this is the last draft show before it actually happens. My deep sleeper at wide receiver, like he's going to go on day three. He made it maybe who knows? He might even go undrafted. I don't think so. But Jaleel Scott out of New Mexico State. Love him. When I watch him on tape, he 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 moves so well for a guy that's six foot five. Like, you know, you could see a natural athlete and a lot of guys that are six five. They're a little lanky. He's not bad. And a lot of guys that are six five, they look a little, you know, uh, clunky in their movements, if you will. Jaleel Scott doesn't have that issue. He did play at a smaller school, so that's the the concern with him. But I think that he could be like a late round steal if he ever gets an opportunity. So we already talked about James Washington. He's not really late round. He's probably end of the second round. Um, I love him. Antonio Callaway. He's everyone's favorite, right? I mean, <laughs> maybe he goes undrafted. Maybe he goes. Maybe someone reaches for him in the second round. He's that talented. I mean, he could go in. The, He's a first-round talent. It's just the significant off-the-field concern. So uh, he's a wide receiver out of Florida. He's very good. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I've got two names that haven't really been talked about anywhere, really. Dalton Schultz, tight end for Stanford. I mean, you've got a clear-cut top four, Hayden Hurst, Mike Gusecki, Dallas Goddard, Mark Andrews. From what I've seen on film, I think Schultz has a chance to be as good as any of them. I mean, don't hear me wrong. I'd rather have Hurst and especially Goddard, but I think Schultz can be – a starting tight end in this league for a while. Yeah, Schultz is—he's a guy that I actually have right outside that top tier. Like he's after Ian Thomas for me, uh, where it's like I feel like those are those are two guys like Ian Thomas and Schultz. Those are two guys who, if you give them a couple years, they could be that number one tight end in your offense. Yeah, here's my last guy, and uh, I bet none of you guys have heard this name, but he uh, has a ton of talent. Alex McGo. He's a quarterback out of Florida International, and he is a big-time sleeper. Again, he might go undrafted. He might go in the third or fourth round because there's a lot of NFL teams who have expressed expressed interest in him. He's got the big arm, and that's the problem with a lot of these late-round quarterbacks is none of them have the big arm that it takes to really be a star in the league. Mago does have that, and uh, he's athletic. I think he could make a career in this league, and he's a big project. He's a total lottery ticket, but I mean, people are talking about Mike White, Kyle Laletta, who, you know, just I don't think he has much upside. He could be serviceable like a Ryan Tannehill, but he's not going to be a franchise cornerstone piece. If there's one in this class, it's Mago. That's interesting, man. I didn't even watch any tape on him, so uh, I'm going to actually do I have it. Some, I have something to do after the show. I got to check it out. I mean, he's he doesn't have the arm of Josh Allen. And he's, but he's like, he's probably more polished than Josh Allen, which is really crazy <laughs> to, to, to think about. But he has a really big arm, too. He has a bigger arm than Rosen and Darnold. Nice. Nice. Check him out. All right. Finally, Tags, let's close this out by talking about teams most likely to trade back and teams most likely to trade up. Who are some of your trade back teams? Yeah. So I've got three trade back teams that I, I, I tried to make it like, because obviously there's so many teams that could trade back if they decide someone's not there. But these are the, the most likely candidates is the Colts at six. They have a lot of holes in the roster. They've talked about they've openly talked about being uh, willing to trade back and that they have eight players on their draft board that, that they're willing to take. And you outside have, of quarterbacks, exactly. And you have to think that that quarterbacks aren't included in that. So I think they're open. 
open. The Broncos have openly talked about it, that they're open, they're willing to trade back. Uh, so they're my second team. And then the third team, as I mentioned earlier in the show, is that the Raiders, I think the Raiders, um, I just, I feel like that with the holes they have on their roster at 10, I don't feel like they need to reach for a player there. And if they want to move back with the Patriots who might want to move up to take a quarterback or the, even the Steelers, you know, or, or the Saints that Bobby talked about, if one of those teams want to trade up, I think the Raiders should be open to talking about that. I actually have three entirely different teams than you. I've got the Browns. I think they are trading back from number four. Some quarterback's going to be there. Someone's going to trade up, probably the Bills, probably for Josh Allen. Um, I think that the Bears... And I know you're following the Bears and you're hoping they get Quentin Nelson. I'm sorry, man. It's not going to happen. Someone's going to take him before it gets to the Bears. And it's either Quentin Nelson or reach for a linebacker. And I know that you like Roquan Smith there, but I think they could trade back and get Roquan Smith at 12, 13, 14. Um, I don't know who's going to trade up for number eight. It's kind of a weird spot to trade up Mm -hmm. for, but maybe somebody does it. Uh, And then the Bengals, I already mentioned them earlier. I think they do trade back, and I'm guessing they trade back to, uh, to 27. Well, so that's funny. I almost put the Bears on there, but then I was just like, you mentioned it too, in that we we try not to talk before the show because we want it to be organic. So the Bears, the reason I didn't put them on my list is because that like eight is a really weird spot for teams to trade up to. Um, Yeah. So, you know, it's just a weird spot in the draft because if Nelson doesn't fall... You're right. And that's the thing. I'm okay with Nelson, but I, I I would be equally as okay as a Bears fan if they took Roquan Smith. Like, I like Roquan Smith that much. I feel like he's a top 10 player in the draft, and he's at a very a, a position of need for the Bears. So I just don't see the need to pass on him. The 49ers, again, they need a linebacker really bad. Like, they need maybe multiple linebackers. So uh, that's the thing is the Raiders just feel like that's the sweet spot because you have to get in before the, Dolphin, the Dol- Dolphins because you don't want to leave a potential franchise quarterback on the table for the Dolphins because they might just take him. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I don't know. I don't see them taking a quarterback just because I I believe that they're tanking. We'll see what happens with them. Uh, What about teams that are going to trade up? Obviously, the Bills are number one for everyone. Who's your number two and three? So, yeah, it was the Bills. Uh, The second team is the the Patriots. Um, I think that there's legitimacy to the whole Josh Rosen thing where they have interest in him. I think it makes a lot of sense. you know, with Tom Brady talking about not returning, I think Tom Brady might have one more year. And I'm not even talking about just whether he wants to play or not. I'm talking about his actual skill set. Like, I think we saw a little deterioration down the stretch last year, and it's it's a long season. I know he's in great shape, and he's playing better at 40 than anybody ever has. Now he's 41. Um, and that's not taking anything away from him. But seriously, it's just it can't happen forever. So they need to get a quarterback in, and it needs to happen now because they want. Ideally, they have a year to prepare the kid. So I think Rosen is a real target. Uh, rumors came out today that Lamar Jackson actually met with the Patriots. I think that's a smokescreen. That's screen. fake. I, fake. That's the thing. I, he said there was legitimate interest there. I mean, I don't see. I don't see it. That's the, that's literally changing your franchise. I, I just don't see it happening. So well, Belichick's won every single way except for that. Yeah. He won with a power running game. He won with defense. He won with uh, airing it out to Randy Moss. <laughs> he ran or he won with uh, passing it to running backs. Now he just needs to win with a guy like Lamar Jackson. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm missing something here. But I, I don't see it. You're not. And the, you're not. And I think I think you are missing something with Josh Rosen. I don't think that Bill Belichick's going to go get Josh Rosen. In fact, I would eat my underwear if he if he he gets Josh Rosen. He's either going up to get Baker Mayfield and he'll have to go up to five or six to do it if if Mayfield drops or he's going up to get Mason Rudolph. I, I, I really think that Bill Belichick loves Mason Rudolph. Um, I think there's a chance he gets him at 23, but if he's hearing something, maybe he goes up to 18 and gets him. Maybe he goes up to 14 and gets him. You guys heard, heard it here first. Bobby told me he will eat his underwear if Josh Rosen is is drafted by the the Patriots. So that's on record. Like you can't take that back. 
Um, I mean, I've got some underwear I haven't worn yet, like from the no, store. So that's what I've been I, eating. I, I'm talking about the underwear you have on at this moment. Um, <laughs> and my last team, Bobby, the one that I said would potentially trade up is, you know, we talked about a little bit the Packers. I think they're a team that should consider trading up a little bit um, to make sure that they don't miss out on their top cornerback or their top safety. If they need to get Derwin James or Denzel Ward, one of those two, I feel like they need to make sure they get one because if they don't, they're going to be left in the dust, and it's not going to be pretty. I like Derwin James for them a lot. I, I don't mm-hmm. think that the Packers trade up, though. I, the Packers never trade up. That's not their thing. Yeah, it, it is their thing, but although they're, they're, they also did never signed free agents, and they went out and they got Jimmy Graham. So they're trying to change things in that front office. Um, I just think it's possible. I think if, if there were, they would be a top three team that I feel like should debate trading up. Here's my top three uh, most likely teams to trade up. Buffalo is number one. Mm-hmm. Cleveland is number two. I'm not talking about trading up from number four. I'm talking about trading up from what they have in the second yeah, round. Yeah, that makes sense. They've got three second round picks. And I think they're going to have three first round picks, maybe four first round picks. If they trade back from four and get 12 and 22, and then they've got picks 33, 35, 64. I wouldn't be surprised if they trade 35 and 64 to move up for another top 20 pick. <sighs> I don't know. It's possible. I mean, that's the thing is like I hated in my mock. I hated putting having the Browns move back because they talked about this. They had accumulated so many picks at some point you have to pick players. I get that. But I just feel like at four, there's just nobody there that they I feel like they should reach for. I don't think they should draft Saquon Barkley at four. And that's why I don't think Chubb's going to be there. Otherwise, I think they sit there and they take Chubb. Yeah, that that, that's actually what I would do if I knew that Chubb was going to be there. Yes, I would I would take Chubb at four. My other most likely team to trade is the Patriots. So, all right, man. Um, You know what? I was going to end the show right there, but we went long enough for everybody else. Let's do something for ourselves. I know you have a list somewhere, Tags, and I want to know what your dream draft is for the Bears. Just give me their first three picks. Who do you want, man? Oh, who do I want? Um, uh, Quentin Nelson, number one. Number two, I would hope that Lorenzo Carter falls to us um, there. And then the third round... Who's realistic? Holton Hill. I'll take Holton Hill in the third. Oh, man. That that draft would be beautiful. Uh, yeah. I'd love to get Holton Hill for the Jags, too, but uh, I just think it's unrealistic. So here's, here's what I want. I want them to trade back and get Jerry Alexander, and then I want them to trade up and get um, Malik Jefferson. I don't think they can get both those guys with where they're sitting unless, you know, they have to get them in the middle of the second round. And there's a chance that neither of them is available there. But I want both those guys. And then the third, I want Desmond Harrison, who's just going to eat yep. people alive. <laughs> That's my dude. That offensive tackle. I talked about him a while yeah. ago and that I just feel like that that dude is a monster just waiting to happen. And uh, I, I, I'm i going to root for him in the NFL. I hope that, you know, the off the field stuff fixes itself. But he uh, He's got the right attitude you want on the offensive line. Speaking of off-the-field stuff, I'm, I'm going to get greedy and take a fourth guy. I want Antonio Callaway late in the draft, too. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right, man. That's all for today's show. Thank you again for the sponsors of today's show, fleaflicker.com slash pros. It's 100% free, and it's perfect for commissioners, built by commissioners, for commissioners. And pristineauction.com, they're giving away a signed Alvin Kamara jersey for one of our listeners. Just take a screenshot on iTunes of your subscription or review to our podcast and send it to us at contest at fantasypros.com. Again, that's pristineauction.com, P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, and make sure to let them know Fantasy Pro sent you. From Mike Tagliere, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening, and enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me dissolve.